pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, GL30A section 18 and the governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Medfield Warrant Committee is being conducted via remote participation. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure the public can adequately access the proceedings as provided for in the order. As a reminder, persons who would like to listen to or view this meeting may, while in progress may do so by following the instructions on the agenda and the meeting notice. So with that, I am Sharon Tatro. I'll call this meeting to order. So I will go around and just um, say your name and that you are participating remotely. So, all right, so Steve. Uh, Steve Callahan, participating remotely. Christine. Christine Barton, participating remotely. Bob. Bob Sloney, participating remotely. Jill. Jill Rochter, participating remotely. Ed. Ed Vazoa, participating remotely. Amanda. Amanda Hall, participating remotely. Jeremy. Jeremy Marset, participating remotely. And Mather. Mather Eldred, participating remotely. All right, and I'm Sharon Tatro, if I didn't say it, and I'm also participating remotely. We're being recorded for future viewing pleasure. I think we've covered the specifics. Um, okay, so um, I guess before we get going, um, maybe we can just go around and introduce ourselves to Mather. Mather can introduce, since we haven't met all yet, but... Um, Scott says wonderful things about you, so I'm sure we all agree. <laughs> so I'm Sharon, and I have been on this committee for too long, um, seven and a half years, I think, at this point. Um, I keep coming back for more. Uh, but I live in town, been here for about 18 years, and I own a business in Millis um, doing very simple things for very rich people. That's my tagline. There you so, go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh welcome and uh all right well, it's so hard to go around because we can't nod in the same order but I i'll do the same order i did before so go ahead steve <laughs> okay uh hi mather uh steve callahan uh i've uh i'm a, a fairly new member uh of the committee uh joined uh last uh july and um been in town for 27 years um recently retired although I have been asked to come back uh, during busy season for, for to help out. So, uh, but um, uh, you're looking forward to working with you. I mean, yeah. my, uh, my occupation was, uh, I was a, um, a CPA and a former auditor for 40 years. All right, uh, Christine. Hi, um, I'm Christine Barton. I've been on the committee for about four years now, lived in Medfield for, 13 plus years. I have two daughters that are in high school. I'm a land use and permitting attorney for a firm called Reamer and Bronstein in Boston. Um, and it's nice to meet you. I'm looking forward to working with you and everyone on this committee. It's a great committee. Oh, great. All right, Bob. I am Bob Sloney, be on the Warren Committee four years. Uh, we're in my 28th year in town, three grown children who are living uh, away from home and um, looking forward to working with you and the committee. Been a great, great team. Great. 
It's Jill Frozen. Oh, Jill, did you hear me? Or is she frozen? We'll go to you, Ed, because I think she's having computer issues. Okay, hi, Matthew. <laughs> uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I've been on the uh, Warren Committee for about two years. Um, feels like 20, but I've uh, <laughs> been in town for uh, about 40 years, actually 40 plus years. Three children went through the school system. Um, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, and I, I was in accounting and finance and controllership uh, uh, capacities for my uh, whole career. Great. All right, uh, Amanda. Hi, Amanda Hall. Um, so I, I'm glad you guys went first because I would have to calculate the number of years I've been on the Warrant Committee. So I've been on the committee four years along with Christine and Bob joined that same class. Um, I am an attorney um, for a cybersecurity software company. And so I've been practicing law for a while um, across the cyberspace. Um, I guess I've lived in Medfield about a little over five years. And um, so anyway, welcome. Nice to hey, meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you. All right, go ahead, Jeremy. Rather, um, Jeremy Marset. Um, I've been a Medfield resident for I think about 18 years almost. Um, a couple of kids that are in the school system. Um, I think on, on the Warren Committee, four to five years. Um, before that, I was on the water and sewer board for about 14 years. Um, not retired. I wish I was, but not retired. <laughs> um, I'm a, a civil engineer by trade. I'm currently the public works director for the town of Natick. Oh, right on. Go. Come aboard. Thank you. All right, Mather, why don't you go ahead and then, then we'll Okay, so hi. Um, as Mather Eldred, I'm um, I'm a resident of Medfield about three years now. I grew up over the town line, about a mile in the Walpole area. Um, my wife was born and raised in Medfield, and college roommates all from Medfield. After you know, so I've, I've I worked through Medfield my whole after college into my twenties, painting houses around here. Um, and uh, I was recruited by Joanna Hilbert to kind of join the Warren Committee. Uh, we work together. I'm a commercial property manager for some lab and commercial office space in the Cambridge and Watertown and Somerville area. And uh, Joanna is an attorney that I work with uh, on a daily basis. So she kind of all and told me. Um, and then before I know it, I got a call from Scott and we were talking the other day and then Scott sent an email. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the committee um, and bring what I can to you know the committee as well and um yeah i have a, son, a five-year-old son i i love medfield i've um you know i've been around it for most of my life and i'm just happy to help in any way i can i'll take the first few meetings to kind of just observe learn see what's going on review emails and and kind of before i you know i chime in too much but um happy to be here happy to meet you all and i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be great awesome. Awesome. Yeah. all right jill Okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> you Sorry. were frozen in time, so I was. <laughs> uh, I fight with Zoom on a daily basis, so it's <laughs> normal at this point. But Jill Rafter, um, I've been in Medfield for, gosh, probably 12 years now. Um, my background is in the financial services industry um, in project management. And I joined the committee um, this past summer as well as uh, with Steve. So I've not been on too long, but it's been a great group to work with. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Great. Awesome. 
Cool. Um, well, since we're doing introductions, you probably should meet Christine and Nick. So <laughs> oh, would you guys introduce yourselves? So I am Christine Treweiler. I'm the town administrator. This mm -hmm. is my fourth year as town administrator. And prior to that, I was the assistant town administrator for 20 years. And then go ahead, Nick. Nicholas Milano, assistant town administrator. I've been here for, I don't know, two years and a few months. Um, previously worked for the city of Marlboro for the mayor there. So um, municipal background. Sure. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so we, we try to be pretty painless, believe it or not. I did not speak at all for probably the, my first two years on the warrant committee. People wouldn't believe that now, but Christine might be able to attest to that. Now I just get punchy. So fair warning, mm -hmm. meetings will never go past nine because as I've told everybody, I turn into a pumpkin at nine. I get really annoyed at that point. So um, anyway, <laughs> um, try to keep it a little lighthearted, um, but this is honestly the best group of people that has been on this committee in all of the seven years. No offense to everybody that's not on it. I do miss Joanna. So. You tell her that. I will let her know. I will see. Okay. We do. No problem. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So um, we have one um, little old business item in that apparently we had a meeting for like a minute before the town meeting that we needed to do minutes for. So I circulated those. So did everybody get to see my very exciting meeting minutes? Mm -hmm. um, so for those of us that were there, uh, does anybody have any changes to those or can we approve those? All right. If we change it, does that mean that uh, we have to come, uh, you know, he has to come back? The Newton has to come back. <laughs> Newton has to come back if we don't approve it. Like, well, yeah, we, we could reject Newton's uh, resignation. Yeah, we're, we gonna send him a, we're gonna send him a note that no, we didn't pass it, and he has to come back. So that'll work. <laughs> I, I think he should have been made to come here and read them out loud to you. <laughs> right. I think that's how you finish your term. Yeah, no. I think that that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Would anybody like to make a motion? I move that the minutes. Uh, from was it November seventh? November seventh, yeah. November seventh, yeah, be approved. Okay. Second. 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 Okay. All right. So let's go around. So uh, Steve. Yes. Christine. Yes. Bob. Yes. Ed. Yes. Amanda. Yes. Jeremy. Yes. Jill. Yes. And then Mather, I'll just you could abstain. I'll stand sure. <laughs> okay. All right. And then I vote yes. All right. So those pass and those very exciting minutes could get posted whenever you would like, Nick. Um, all right. And so then our next piece of old business that maybe, Christine, maybe for Mather's benefit, you could give um, a little bit of background as to the financial policy that we're supposed to be voting on because he wasn't here for the discussions of those. Would you mind? Um. I should make you watch all of those selectmen's meetings, but I won't. So, but <laughs> that should be kind of your hazing introduction to the. Yeah, right. um, so prior to I believe it was 2018. Prior to 2018, we did not have formalized uh, financial policies uh, that guided the direction of our budget and our our planning for the future. So in 2018, the Board of Selectmen adopted the first round. Um, and then this past year, there were some things we wanted to tweak on them. We wanted to edit. 
And we went through, I think, um, three or four selectmen's meetings updating uh, the financial policies. And they really lay out a plan for how we're going to, well, originally when we wrote them in 2018, it was to withstand some sort of um, public emergency. We just didn't anticipate that was actually going to happen the next year, basically. So there's to guide us in making sure that our reserves are plentiful enough to get us through um, any sort of downturn uh, so that we don't have to have a significant drop in services and or uh, layoffs within the town so that we're planning for basically our rainy day. Um, they also lay out our process for instituting a formalized capital plan. Um, and they also lay out, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word I wanna use, uh, a test for us basically, or a standard we have to meet every year at town meeting to ensure that we're meeting those financial policies. So that's the key part of what we'll do um, actually with the selectmen next week, once we hopefully have our certified free cash, we will go over that with them. So, so super quick one, I anticipate that you and I will probably meet uh, with Nick in the next few weeks so that we can kind of bring you up to speed okay. um, and, and answer any questions you, you may have. So that's just a kind of a really quick introduction to that. Okay. Um, does anybody have any kind of questions or discussion on the financial policy? I know that we had talked about it. I don't know, it was probably October maybe. And then we had told them we weren't talking about anything but the school and we ignored it. <laughs> Just kind of put our hand up and said one thing at a time, people. Um. Yes. <laughs> I just had one one question. Um, so we 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 gave comments and you guys incorporated them, and then this went back to the selectmen. Did they make further changes or? They incorporated some of the edits and recommendations. Um, I. Don't think that they had any more additions, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they had any more additions to it. And then they voted to sign it uh, and send it to the Warren Committee. Okay, so we're the holdup now. Okay, We're now the holdup. They're mad at me for not holding <laughs> another meeting until January, but I put up my hand. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask a question that I, I probably asked this back in October, but there's, a, there's, there's one thing there when we're talking about unforeseen capital projects, projects that had to be done in an emergency because that just weren't foreseen. And the last sentence of the paragraph kind of imposes a penalty on the department that, that has that happen to them. Because it says um, you, can, you can pay for that emergency um, that could not have been anticipated if funds are available within the capital stabilization funds. Uh, those funds may be used to cover the emergency with the funds to be repaid through the department's operating budget in future years. Now, how could that capital expense ever be, how could it ever impact an operating budget? That most of the budgets are so tight, you couldn't possibly, if you had a major capital project, you wouldn't have a budget the next year. It's, it seems punitive. I don't, I don't understand why that's in there. And, and I think I know why it's in there. I could probably give you an example as to why it's in there. Um, I guess, and I, I'm, what page was that on? Because I don't remember yeah, the yeah. word emergency in there. Yeah, where was it? That was my question. Um, yeah, that was my question too. It is it's on. Uh, capital expenditures, and it's the paragraph just before point two, which is capital building maintenance plan. Yeah, it's on, on page five. Look at the paragraph that comes right before section uh, 2A2. 
the, the paragraph starts with uh, items not included within the five-year capital budget. So I guess I read that. I guess when I read this over this weekend, I kind of skipped over the word emergency because what what it kind of screamed out to me was that they're supposed to put what they need in their five-year budget. And sure. if they forget, if they forget to put something in there and they want it, then there is a penalty for that. That's how I read it. I guess I missed the word emergency because I, I was thinking, and Christine, correct me if I'm wrong, like I'm kind of thinking of the van, the park and rec box. I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I think right, I, that's why I think it's there. So like, like yeah. one year, park and rec bought a van, but they used their um, revolving fund and they didn't ask first. And so now that's like a capital asset that the that park and rec has that we didn't have on our radar screen that we had to have this other van. And so yeah. now like replacing that van someday is going to have to come out of this and maintaining that van like that. When I read this example, I just went park and rec van like is what right. was in my head. It looked like it was something in response to something that happened in the past, but you take that 100% happened. Let's yeah. say a water pipe bursts and, and there's a major flood at the library and they have to replace something big, really big. It couldn't have been foreseen. It's a capital item, has to be repaired, and their budget's going to be impacted in future years because that happened. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, I to don't... me, that doesn't make sense either, but that I think would be covered by insurance and is not yeah, necessarily like a new capital purchase, but... Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Ed, but it, I don't think it pertains to that situation. But I know what I know what you're trying to get at. But maybe it should say uh, should be re the the funds may be used to cover the emergency with the funds to be re to to be a maybe with with future capital budgets for that department to be adjusted. Yeah, let's we'll we'll take that paragraph and go back and, and review. I remember Ed when you made that comment to me, and I, I thought we had incorporated your changes into that and talked to the selectman about it, but let me go back and take another look at that. Okay, I had one I had another one on the um it's paragraph in capital budget, it's paragraph one, two, the third paragraph. In that last sentence, the, the, the paragraph be, begins with the five-year capital budget shall include all, goes on and on and on. And, and number six is other items with a useful life of five years or more and costing more than 25000 Now, when we say other items, that can be either singular or collectively. So you can have a singular item worth more than 25000 that should be capitalized or collectively, uh, for instance, let's say you were buying 50 computers or desks or something that individually only cost, you know, $700 or 500, but when you buy them all, it's over 25,000 and that's a capital item that, that can be capitalized as well. So should we put in either, either singularly or collectively with a use of life of five or more years? So just adding a few words. We can bring that back to the selectmen. Yeah, I'm being picky, I guess. <laughs> no, that because that happened uh, in my prior experience in, in Mansfield. Um, I think I think that was it. That's the limit. Has it always been twenty five thousand? It's kind it of was, uh, it was lower than that, but I think 2018, uh, we said it at 25,000, but originally when we, when we first started working with the capital plan, um, it used to be 5,000. Uh, and then we okay. raised it to 25. 
Okay. Seems high, but. I was going to say, do you think it should be a different number, Jill? Well, a useful life of five years or greater or a cost of $25,000 or more. So yeah, the word yeah, it kind of covers it, like technology purchases, things like that. I think it'll probably catch everything, but I just thought it was a high amount, a little high, but. In practice, we try, we've been working to grab everything. Um, so I think, you know, the, while the $25,000 is what's in our financial policies and practice where, you know, we have $10,000 and lower items on our capital plan, just in terms of showing everybody what we're actually spending on capital. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are, are you worried that something will um, be less than five years and should be on here, Jill? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I just didn't know how much wiggle room that gave, right? If it's less than five or, you know, 20,000, if it's, I don't know the history though, so I don't know. Like, is it possible to have a lot of that, or unforeseen, or or not? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think five years for a capital item is fairly standard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That so is, that that should capture. Like, we're not worried about something that only had like a three year life or something. I don't know what that would be, but. Yeah. Well, and, and for instance, Ed, I don't think that the, the plow truck that caught on fire in the school parking lot falls oh. into the emergency. But can we talk about that for a minute? Yes, we can. Sure. So we <laughs> had a school vehicle uh, catch on fire while plowing on Friday. So my, in my, understanding, my understanding is it was 17 years old. The, the it's, truck. Um, Yes. I'm pretty sure that was on the list of vehicles uh, that we kept on denying over the years, isn't it? it that may have been brought to my attention. Yes. Mm. <laughs> but the good news is insurance might get us a new truck. In insurance has been has been discussed. And, you know, uh, our call firefighters had a great time on Friday. And, and luckily enough, the person driving, who is totally fine, by the way, I should have led with that, is completely fine, but happens to also be a call firefighter. So that's who you want in a truck when it starts on fire. So that was good. So where was it? Down at Wheelock. Yeah, in the parking lot. Did you so watch after it from this? House, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some pictures and some video. <laughs> I didn't. I, so I wasn't home, but my I got a phone call from my mother-in-law. Like, there's a car on fire near your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh God. <laughs> okay. I know. I have to Oh, I'm saying whoever they had paint the logo on the side of the truck, that's like the only thing left on the paint was the actual logo. Um, there you go. At Medfield School Department. So whoever they did that did some great work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a text from Christine with a truck on fire, but then I did see Jeff had posted it. Yes. And I did see that he got a couple of comments on his Twitter about looks, looks like you have to put that in the capital budget. It was actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm amused. Okay, so then it sounds like that maybe you're going to bring a couple these couple comments to the segment. We can vote on it next time, or do you want us to? Why or do you want us to vote on it, assuming that they make? Yeah, let me bring it to them first with the comments, and then let's see if they're okay with those two comments, and then we'll we'll have them revote it uh, to approve it, and then we'll bring it back to you. Okay. Yep. Did you have something else, Steve? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, I'll deal with the wrath of Marcucci that we didn't vote 
for it again. But you can note you could note to Mike that in the under the reserves, the select board are supposed to um, certify that the prior year's budget meets the financial policies when the certified free cash comes comes yeah, in December. Are, aren't they going to so do that? That is actually on the agenda for next Tuesday. Thank you for stealing wow. my notes for later, Jeremy. Uh, that's <laughs> on the agenda for Tuesday. Uh, we are hoping we have our free cash certification before that. So okay. Um, We'll, cool. we'll be planning on doing that either either meeting in January, but yes, we're all looking forward to that. Sorry, Sharon, you don't have anything for Mike. <laughs> I know, I know, I tell you. Okay, all right, so the next thing on the agenda was budget assignments. So I sent that out to everybody um, this weekend. Uh, does anybody have any kind of like comments or questions or are they unhappy with what they got? Mather, we try to break every, new in on on those ones so you get to basically hang out with christine okay <laughs> sounds good not a problem okay um and so Sharon, just one comment on land use um planning and zoning those budgets were combined so it should just be one oh it should be just one thing okay mm -hmm. um yeah, I, this little this format was kind of was created by Mike Pastori a few years ago. Um, I think actually it was probably your first year, Christine, or like the next one when he started calling me director of numbers. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, like he he created that. But um, but anyway, I guess like this is the first budget season for Steve and for Jill and for Mather. Um, I mean, and you know maybe we'll just kind of. We'll talk about this a bit when we do the update from the financial team. So I don't know. We can always do that next, and we can talk about our schedule after. But um, the whole idea is is that you will get to talk to your department heads, learn more about their budgets and um, what goes on in them, and then we'll start bringing people in. Do you want to? Why don't we just kind of jump into Christine and Nick? What you guys have to say, because then you'll probably do a better job of explaining as to what you've. Kind of told department heads we'll do for a process this year okay um so actually uh, a couple of i have a couple of announcements i want to send your way just i know joy's on the meeting i just wanted to let you all know that joy our town accountant is going to be retiring at the end of the fiscal year so i'm very sad to be losing an important member of my financial team but looking forward to one last go around on the budget cycle um i wish for her sake and my sake it was not a covid budget again but um <laughs> we'll get through it it's fine um, the annual town meeting warrants opened in December, uh, and we are slated to close that at the last meeting in January, which I believe is the 25th. Um, so if there's anything the Warren committee was interested in, in terms of submitting articles or something that anybody reached out to them about, just give uh, Nick and I a call. Um, on Tuesday, we are going to present preliminary budget information at the selectmen's meeting. We'll be discussing our revenue projections. Um, like I just mentioned, we're waiting for our final approval for free cash. Um, we'll be discussing uh, our initial takes on the budget, what our goal is on the town side and what we're looking to restore. As you know, uh, we cut several positions uh, a couple of years ago and we we're gonna be looking to restore uh, at least two of those. Um, just to let you know, uh, Sharon and Jeremy obviously know from the capital budget, but we put our capital budget on pause 
Um, and I know our financial policy says we'll start working on that and have that decided in the early fall. Unfortunately, we were still waiting for information from Treasury and from Norfolk County on our ARPA funding before we made any decisions on moving forward on that. Um, the final rule was issued last week. We believe we have some more clarity. I may be slightly more optimistic than Norfolk County is on that clarity, but we're meeting next week to discuss that. Um, so once we have that, we'll start putting together our ARPA spending plan and be able to uh, talk a little more clearly about where we are headed on the capital budget. Um, and we, the capital budget committee has met, we have reviewed all of the budget requests, we've met with the department heads, it was just determining how at this point we were going to fund our new capital stabilization fund. Um, we have additional information that's coming in, obviously, as you know, and, and new information for you, Mather, is that um, our fixed cost information, such as health insurance, property liability, workers comp, that information doesn't start to come to us until about now. Uh, and we anticipate the governor obviously releasing his budget as well, but we usually don't find out until the end of January about our health insurance number, which is obviously one of the biggest numbers in our budget. Yep. We've met with all of the department heads on the town side, and we have um, a budget to present, obviously, to the selectmen and to you. So we'll be updating your warrant committee binders. Um, please let us know if you don't want a binder this year. If you would just rather have it all electronic, we can do that as well. Um, we have been working with departments on um, presenting a budget to us of any new items they would like to do, recognizing that we still have some concerns about structural deficiencies in our budget and where we're moving forward. And obviously, once again, uh, we're planning this during a pandemic. So we're taking that uh, into consideration as we move forward as well. Um, and then earlier today, I sent an email out to all of you announcing that we received the grant from the Commonwealth and we'll start working with the Collins Center to develop uh, a new budget document. And we're gonna start working on that. I believe we actually, uh, I should, apologize, Nick's been working with them since early December. Um, that's going to run parallel with the budget process that we have now. So any information that we can incorporate into fiscal year 23, we will, but we don't anticipate fully running operational with that new budget document until fiscal year 24. Um, but you'll start to see some changes uh, as we work with the Collins Center on that. So and we're super excited. It's something we wanted to do since 2018. So really happy we're finally moving forward with it. So I think it's just, it will give our residents uh, and especially people going to town meeting just so much more context on the budget and understand why things are where they are and how they interrelate. And it's hard to do that with the budget we present now. Yes, we have a narrative, you know, the Warren Committee gives an introduction, but I think the budget document really will give just so much more insight as to how departments run and how they work together. So very excited about that opportunity. So she told me today, we're, we're not gonna shoot for 222 pages. I, yes, I know. I, I apologize when I sent out the Oxford one and it was that long. It's, it's pretty impressive. I know. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. I was like, a little <laughs> if you clicked you know, on that link to Oxford, there, there's just 222 pages. I was like, oh, dude. I know. I was going to print it and then I saw how long it was. I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> and their, their town budget is half, half our size. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's if we, uh, can, that's if we could go for like a quarter of those pages, 
<laughs> we'll just use single spacing. It was their spacing was off. <laughs> their graphs were really pretty, but you know, yeah, the, the, the visuals were great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're very, very excited about it. And um, obviously, we'll be looking for you for more information and your input as we move forward on that budget process as well. So we'll present all of this to the selectmen on Tuesday. Um, and we have a presentation for them about how we're moving forward in the budget, what we anticipate. And then once we present that to you at your next meeting, we anticipate you'll start meeting with your department heads and start having people in for your public meetings uh, and moving forward on the budget. Christine, can you talk a little bit about what, at the end of last year, we still had a lot of COVID funds that I think could carry over and mm -hmm. used in subsequent years. So we have the ARPA funding. Yeah. Uh, so we have, we have spent some of that, as you know, we did some on capital last year and we'll send out an updated spreadsheet of what's been approved to date from the Board of Selectmen. Um, but we anticipate once we were waiting for that final rule from, from the treasury and um, ruling from Norfolk County, we'll start doing a spending plan for that. Um, so we can incorporate perhaps some of that money into the funding this year's budget? Or the I think uh, at, this plan, at this time, we don't have any plan to incorporate that as part of the operating budget other than capital items and some one-time expenses. So we'll start outlining that for you in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Did you have anything else, Christine? I think that's all I have this evening. That was all you had. Look at that, it's 7.39 already. Um, Okay, so I guess to Steve and Jill and Mather, do you guys have questions? I feel like I've been doing this too long to be able to just spit out how we do it, but um, I feel I like I feel like we haven't given you a lot of information how this works. <laughs> I, I do. I'm just curious, like overall timing. Um, obviously, we we kind of kicked this process off now, but kind of major milestones through now and into the spring. I start to panic about February 1st. Just put that okay. out there. That's when I get okay. nervous. <laughs> uh, so I, so by charter, uh, the school committee presents their budget uh, at the end of January. And I believe they already have set their public hearing for it's, Thursday. It's the like the 27th or 20th, 27th. whatever the Thursday is. It's a very busy week. Your meeting, the selectman meeting, school committee's meeting that week. Yeah. Um, once they submit that, uh, you know, then we have the full budget picture uh, for you to start working on. Um, and then th you'll have all the requests at that point by the end of January. Good. And we probably should explain that when it comes to us, it's off. Like it's not, it's not balanced when it It's comes not a balanced budget. Um, per the charter, the, the selectmen are responsible for, uh, and through the town administrator, compiling the budgetary requests that have been given to them. And then we give those to the Warren Committee. And then the Warren Committee, it becomes your budget to be presented at town meeting, to be a balanced budget presented at town meeting. So we spend, I would say, between the end of January and probably mid-March um, working on where we can uh, balance that budget. Uh, and that will be looking at what we can use the ARPA funding for, for one-time expenses, where we can use revolving funds, trying best to make that happen. Um, and then try and get as close as we can before we have any discussion of an override. But it's way too early in the process to start talking about that. Right. And then that's where like, so 
when we get this budget from Christine and everything, and you'll get the detail on the budgets too. So um, you would then, uh, you know, make an appointment to go do a conversation, a Zoom or whatever with your department head to understand it more. Because if, if their budget is just flat with what it was last year and they're not really asking for anything more, um, they don't have to necessarily come and talk to us unless you think that it would be helpful for that. Um, I mean, I feel like every year we probably always talk to the police chief. We always talk to the fire chief. We always talk to Mo like the big budgets, you know, and the schools will come also, but the other ones, it really kind of, it depends on what they want and what they have going on um, as to whether or not we want to spend time because it might be okay that you've met with them and you are just going to come and present and talk about that budget. That may be enough. And so kind of like leave that up to each one of you to decide whether or not you think that they need to come and talk to all of us as a group. And we'll, we'll flag when we send that budget over to you, there'll be um, a series of notes with the budget explaining why there's an increase or decrease, what that increase is. So you'll see that and then you'll know, um, you know, when, once you meet with your department head, you'll know what that increase is for and why they're asking for that. So that'll give you a little more, a little more context as well. Um, and you know, then, Sharon and, and Christine, I think it's a couple of points that I would add there or just comment on. One is um, even for those small departments, small budgets, I do think that there is some benefit in having the, the director of that department attend. Um, you know, they put a lot of time into it and I think it's good for us to to see those people. So I, I, I mean, I would just add that it's it's time that I feel is is well spent. I think the second question I would have, a second point I would ask, and kind of frame it in a question, that Sharon, with your experience, and, and Christine, as you and Nick developed a budget, <clears throat> um, you know, a little guidance, I think, is helpful in terms of, you know, what, what do you, when you talk to your department heads and they know they're, they're accustomed to talking to a member of the Warren Committee, um, but what are the, what are your expectations for those meetings, Christine? You know, I mean, in terms of it's not, you know, I've, I've always, you know, not been in a position to question the budget, but to, but to understand it, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, oftentimes we'll meet, you know, my experiences have been, I'll be meeting with the department head before the budget's finalized. And, uh, you know, we, we may go in, and, and I think in, in prior years, and, you know, those of us who've been on it for a couple of years know, we're going to, sometimes we go in with a, with a gap, <laughs> you know, and it's not the role, I, I've never seen it as my role to get a department to close the gap, <laughs> as it were, and more to, you know what I'm saying, it, it, you know, because I think that's something that that you as the as administrator in your departments, you're working that, you've given them guidance, you know. So perhaps, you know, when we, when we get your budget in the past, you've said, this is the guidance I've given. We're not to go, you know, to the flat or it's gonna be this. So I'll stop talking, but I, I think some clarity there might be helpful for, even for me now, as you know, as it, it may perhaps the new folks as well. No, I think I, I think that's a very important point in that 
the role of the Warren Committee in first meeting with their department head is to understand their budget. Some of them, you, you might be meeting with a department head and you have no idea what that budget is. Like, for example, the sealer of weights and measures, which is probably the smallest budget we have in town. But, you know, and I to, tried to cut it once. I know you did. I know. I know. $5,000 for stickers. Why do we need the stickers? And then we had to have some conversation about like, might be a good idea to make sure the gas pumps work right. I did try to cut it. It might be a state law, but what, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and for her penance, they made her chairperson. Yeah, seriously, $5,000 for stickers. <laughs> They're really nice stickers. <laughs> um, so I think it's I think it's important for the Warren Committee representative when they meet with the department head to understand the budget, understand what that department functions, how it works. And obviously, you know, you're new to the committee and I wish we were doing this budget new budget document this year so we, you'd get all that context. So you're actually going to help build up uh, what we're doing, uh, essentially, since we have to wait a year to do it. But um, I think in the past, at least the last three years where we've done significant cuts or had, you know, a significant differential in our starting point on the budgets, uh, it has been up to um, the Board of Selectmen and, and the town administrator to work with those departments to figure out where we can have those cuts. And, and our guidance to them, we were meeting with them is recognizing that we're still planning this budget during a pandemic and there's still, um, you know, our local receipts and our revenue is not, you know, where we'd like it to be at this point. And, you know, there's always the recognition that 97% of our budget revenue is on the taxpayers, um, not on the commercial side. So all those, you know, are points that we talk with the department heads when we meet with them. But recognizing, and I'm, I'm sure Jeremy, you're seeing this in Natick, recognizing that this is going to be the third budget within COVID and department heads are anxious to start new programs and projects and they have these great ideas. And I think you're probably going to hear some of them explain those to you of things they'd like to get moving on where we may have said, you know, wait a year, let's hold off. You're going to probably hear them make a pitch to, to start working on those. And I think that my, that, that um, the value of that is, you know, by each of us getting an understanding of the departments who, that we're overseeing, it helps the whole group put context into the total number and it gives it you know so really what what i think the value you add regardless of what the size is is because to you know three percent to a to a hundred thousand and three percent to a million it's still you know it's, it's a big number within the context of each department mm -hmm. and uh, having having each one of us adding context because at the end of the day, we 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 work to a, a bottom line number, right. so I think that's a that's very helpful. I guess another question I have there is, and in, in, Sharon, it was in your email, but just for clarity, when it when it's referred to as the warrant committee budget, and I know this has been a this is uh, new. It's in the financial policy that we didn't vote on. Yeah, it, but yeah. it's uh, you know I I know it put put Mike Mike in the in the little chair one year. So, <laughs> can you clarify what 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 does that mean in in terms of you know the context of what sure. we do and 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 what that what does that mean? 
So I can, Sharon, do you want me to answer that? First of all, I told the story. Well, twice go for it, because I'm going to be punchy and tell the story as to why I think it's like that. So you can, you can tell the unpunchy version. I, I told the story twice today of Mike Pastore in the little chair. So I love that yeah. you brought that up. So yeah. <laughs> so let me hear um, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big guy. He'll fit in a little chair. You, you have to hear that story directly from Mike. <laughs> You know, you know, if you if you go into a meeting with like Putin, he's up in a big chair and you're in a little <laughs> stool. Kind of, you get the context. <laughs> you know? right, just now, now this has gotten out of control. We were meeting in the library, and you know how they have the little kid chairs in the library. That was the only one available to Mike, <laughs> <laughs> and they made him sit in it. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> No, but I, I, I agree with Bob is, you know, what does that mean? Like the warrants committee's budget, when you look at the, the budget presentation um, back in May, when we were approving it, you have a column for the warrant committee recommendation and you have a column for uh, what's the other label that we put on there, the, the town budget. Like the requested you, budget or something like have, that? Yeah, requested budget the, and the warrant committee budget is two columns. Right. Right. So the Board of Selectmen are responsible for submitting departmental and budget requests to you. So that is the budget we deliver to you, um, you know, right. for the next couple of weeks. It then becomes the Warrant Committee budget, and it's the Warrant Committee's responsibility to bring a balanced budget to town meeting. So when we issue the, um, the Warrant Report, so the Warrant Report is gotcha. a product of the Board of Selectmen, but the budget inside, as you just mentioned, is the warrant committee recommendations. It is the right. warrant committee's budget. So it's your responsibility yeah, to advocate it. Not that you can't ask the department heads or myself or Nick or the board of selectmen to, you know, answer questions or be responsible for things and discussing it. But the actual budget itself is a product of the warrant committee. So like, let's yeah. just say, Ed, we're down to like, we're off by like a hundred grand and we're not going to pull from free cash. So we would then have to decide, okay, do we want to take a hundred from here or 50 from these two or 25 from these four, like based on all the things that we know from all the departments, like we're then making the we, value we the choice as to which thing is most important to the town. Like that's how it becomes ours. Cause the nine of us are making that final cut and not the selectmen right. right so we have the final say well let me let me i, I know you, i know you want to jump in steve but let me just kind of go let's go back to the historical 2000 and i don't know what we're in 2022 last year for example the warren committee under your under your leadership sharon and you know and that's a compliment mm -hmm. um you know had a proposal as to how to split free cash and you know and and use um i think it was some of the covid number money mm -hmm. right you're right and right. and and the war and the and the selectman said no right so if this year that happened the selectman have to say yes no they budget? can present their own i think yeah i mean i think we take that yes, it's literally your budget to be presented at town meeting, but both the town, the schools and the warrant committee try to work together to come up with um, an approach and a budget, especially last year that we could all live with at town meeting. So I think if push comes to shove, yes, the warrant committee is presenting the budget that's in the warrant report. 
and we would have to offer an alternative. I don't want to go back to 2018 when there were three different budgets in the warrant report um, and whether or not that was the right way to do it. That's how we chose to do it. Um, and there were three different recommendations from three different groups in that warrant report. So the, so the, very confusing. the, the intention of the financial policy, calling it the warrant committee report uh, budget, is to force that collaboration of the parties. Um, I don't think it's to force it, but I think the charter is clear. Well, I guess there's two things. So the charter is clear that it's the Warrant Committee's budget. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I think that in the past, and Christy, maybe this helps or not. Like a couple of years ago, there was a major argument and like this stalemate for a few weeks because we couldn't because we couldn't get past to a point of we were off and we couldn't decide where it was going to go. And um, Mike Pastore kept saying to the selectmen, you guys have to balance this and tell us what to do. And then the selectmen kept pushing back on us and saying, no, you have to do like this ping pong match went back and forth yeah. for weeks and we were stuck. And so, and we ended up having this whole argument of whose is it? So part of me thinks that the change to this financial policy saying that it's ours ends the ping pong match. Yes. Hmm. I, can I can I just say something that? Yeah. I think I think that that's probably you know it sounds that that sounds right to me that it, it ends the ping pong match. However, I don't think it relieves um, you know the 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 town uh, the town you know departments or the uh, selectmen from from submitting a balanced budget. Uh, in other words, that column in the warrant report requested that re requested column that should balance. They should they should submit to us a balanced budget. Well, it's hard for us to do that because we don't control two thirds of the budget. Right. So I can only submit to you. The budgets with which are under the department under the board of selectmen's control, which is not the school committee. So I could I don't know what a balanced budget will be until after they've submitted their budget, and we figure out where we are. Right. I don't know what that will be yet when we submit that. But does it balance? Does that column always balance in the warrant report? The requested one, usually I would say yes, because it usually changes over time because people change their requests. Change it. So like um, the, the first, the no, way I kind of remember it happening, like the first one that we get never balances. We're always off by saying- I, I, I get that, I get that. But, but, but I think that- The one we published- that has I the think request. the one that published in the end, other than the 2018 disaster, usually does balance. I, okay. For the vast majority of the time, I think when we publish it in the end, the columns are identical usually. Yeah, like for example, your uh, the budget this year was less than what the what the final fiscal year twenty one warrant committee recommends. And this question actually came up at town meeting. Some of the department requests that you're going to get at the first go round, for example, are estimates. I don't have solid health insurance numbers. I don't have solid property and liability numbers. So okay. I'm estimating what those are going to be. So those change as we get closer. So the original department request that was submitted to you, you know, this first couple of weeks of January won't be the same once we go to town meeting. And that's why sometimes your 
recommendation differs so much from what the department request is, is because we finally find out what that line item is going to cost. Um, I mean, that happened in insurance this year. Yeah, it, it, I mean, in historically, with I mean, at least in the three years that I've been involved, um, it does come down to the town and the school yes. in terms of where the where the rubber meets the road, right? And um, as you say that, so and, and the Warren Committee has been has really been the initiator or the the has, you know, with the, with the town um, has been, has been working with each to bring some balance. Uh, into uh, but, yeah. Okay. Well, the other thing we have in our financial policy, Bob, is, uh, you know, I mean, we, we can't vote on a budget unless it balances. Right. So if, and if someone has an alternative budget, it has to balance and right. it has to meet our financial policies. Otherwise, it can't go before the town for you know. Right, but it can go. It can go to the town. I mean, to balance the budget could include an override. Right, and right. that's and that's where the that's that's where the the tension comes in. That's you where know our I mean? twenty eighteen mess came from because we did we did a budget that had no override. And then we did a budget that the Warren Committee supported that had a smaller override. And then we okay. had a budget that had a larger override because the schools wanted an even bigger number. And so we went through this process where we passed the balance budget because we needed something to fall back on. And then we voted on the, the one furthest to the right that the schools wanted with the larger override. And then that one passed. And okay. so the one in the middle never actually got voted on. And I think that part of this is trying to make it so that we have the balanced budget. And then if if somebody wants to say something, like if our balanced budget does not have an override in it and somebody wants to do something else, they basically have to put a hold on that budget and ask for it at town meeting like they always could. Right, Christine? Right. And then yeah. remember when one of the other things to think about is when the departments are submitting their budgets to you, because we're reviewing them in November and December, a cost of living increase has not been assigned to that. So you don't, when they send in their department requests that like, for example, last year was 2%. That's not included in what they've requested. That's a decision that's made during the process between the personnel board um, and the board of selectmen as to what that non-union cost of living increase will be. So then you're also going to see the Warren Committee recommending a slightly higher budget once that's been agreed upon what the cost of living is going to be. So that's why you see some changes. That's why it's it's hard for me on the first go rounds to have the selectmen present a balanced budget to you until we have all of those pieces of information. And and I think that's that's fine because right? you know it's it, it's a, it's dynamic right up to the when you have to submit. We I think you know those of us who've been serving on this for a while understand the dynamics of that. The, the point, Steve, to to you, to that balanced budget is, um, and I guess I I raise this as a question to the chairperson: um, Do we start from the premise? Because we have in the past, I think, that there won't be an override. Yes. 
I think that we definitely start from that premise that there won't be an override. You know, so and we, we say, also we, we also start from the premise budget, that we're not going to use free about, cash either. I'm I'm sorry. I said we also start from the premise that we're not going to use free cash for operating. That's part of the financial policy too. Right. Well, no, I mean following, but I mean an override is an override is not within the, is, is 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 an option. But I think that as you go at a budget, you know, compliance with the policies are absolute. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But but you know, I think it's important as we go in, just as we initiate the budget review, that we will have a balanced budget without an override. Uh, I don't think, I think we should so. just say that kind of much. Obviously, that's our objective and that's our goal. Um, but I don't think we should just say that's the going in. That's the mandate. I mean, we're obviously, well, we I, don't, I don't think it's we're a mandate. I, I think it's more like the goal is to do that. But I don't think that like if you're if right. you're, if you're going to ask for an override, I think it's something that we're deciding in like the last couple of meetings, because there's something really super specific that's driving that. That's correct. So you don't. Yeah. So you can't say right up front, we won't have it. We got to wait till the very end to know whether it's needed well you know that i don't i don't I, I would say i disagree because i think that the discipline of a budget um begins with we spend within our within our means and the two and a half increase across the board tells us what we can spend and any other increase that might come from other revenue sources but i personally, uh, you know, think that going in, you know, it's not to say that we won't have an override if, you know, the stuff hits the fan and, and we have no options, but it would have to be, you know, kind of extraordinary in my view. And that, and the, the, the discipline, because, you know, because I, I, I think the fiscal discipline that a, uh, a no override objective. That's not an edict. It's an objective. Is would pr present some discipline to the budget process that I think is very important. That that there is no way around it. You know. You, you know. Because otherwise, you say, well, I'm gonna. I need to do this. I'm gonna spend four percent, and it's above the two and a half. So I'm gonna do an override. And because we're gonna come back to the, you come back to that issue of. Well, you're on your own, you know, at the end of the day, we can't, we can't dictate to the school, uh, school committee, right? That, we, right. That, that, that there wouldn't be an override. They make that choice on their own, but we wouldn't, you know, I, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, edicts don't work, I understand, but I, I would say the, uh, the objective would be that we will spend within our revenue without the extraordinary measure of an override. And and stay within our financial policies. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, which means not using free cash to fund operating budgets. Right. right. But um, so so it's so it's I mean, I agree that's that should be the objective. And and unless I guess Christine, uh, have you heard from anybody that there, there, uh, or do you know of a situation that right now where there's there, people are talking about an override, or do you give, you know, is everything that you're you're aware of, it's operating as no override plans? 
Are you asking me in terms of other elected officials who are thinking about an override or in department heads or residents? I guess I'm just looking for. Um, well, I, I guess well, as. What are the me? answers for each, Christine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, List that's, them that's, out by name and address <laughs> and tell us what they think. No, I think, well, let's put it this way. I think it's important for this, com this committee to know about um, if those, those, if a, a planned override becomes what you think to be, you know, a serious discussion, we should yeah, know about I, I, right? would, I would obviously disclose that to you. I don't, you know, the Board of Selectmen have not seen uh, the first pass of the budget yet. That's why I need to present uh, the information that I have next week to them before I release it to you. Um, I, I don't think that the Board of Selectmen would favor an override. I have not specifically asked them, but nobody has given me an indication that that's what they would uh, be anticipating. I think they have been very strong in the last few years, particularly since we put the financial policy in place that they would like us to be living within uh, the revenue and understanding that that revenue is becoming more and more limited to us, um, that they don't wanna see uh, an override. Um, I, I have not spoken to anybody else. I, I don't think anybody has, after the fall we had, um, I don't know about you guys, it was kind of busy, um, but after the fall we had, I, I don't think anybody has an appetite right now uh, for an override. I think we all need to, to really work together um, to make this fiscal year 23 budget process um, work well. And I, and I think we did a good job last year of, of really sitting down and trying to work out um, compared to the prior year, trying to work out those budget differences and figure out what we could live with and what we couldn't going forward, recognizing that we're in a pandemic, you know, plenty of our residents have either lost their jobs or had their jobs cut. Um, it's not something we want to bring to the voters at this point. Uh, obviously, I'm speaking from my opinion and not speaking uh, for the Board of Selectmen. Well, and let me ask you this, Christine, because we talked about this because, you know, I mean, for me, the budget is, the context of the budget is so important. You know, the first is the fiscal discipline that it reflects, but also, and I know Steve's been a big advocate of this, and you, I think I've seen in the notes, um, the forecast. Yep. Because a big, a big consideration, I mean, you know, having, you know, speaking of the fall, you know, and what we experienced with the, uh, with the school vote, there is no appetite for, Un, undocumented, you know, spending and, and the like. So um, it seems to me that, uh, you know, you know, uh, voting for an override, which is which requires a vote at a town meeting, would say, I, I, you know, in the, in the context of what we've seen so this year, there would be no appetite for it, not, you know, for, from the citizens. And I think our response, my responsibility in looking at this budget is to uh, acknowledge and appreciate that because future spending requirements will at some point increase our spending. So an override on the operations <clears throat> with the knowledge that long-term, not even long-term, three to five years, let's say, is going to require an increase. We have to be even more diligent in our fiscal responsibilities. And I think you know, if you go back and, and look at the minutes 
probably starting in, in 2018 or 2019, we've had repeated discussions just before COVID that we were trying to address the structural deficiencies in our budget. We know that we, you know, when we present the budget to you, I can tell you, I'm going to give you my department requests. It's going to be in excess of what we're pulling in in revenue. That's the part that we needed to address. And we were preparing to address when COVID hit and kind of put everything, um, you know, a, a stop to, to trying to address that. That wasn't something we could take on at that point. Um, and we've been able to work through with the CARES money and now the ARPA money that we've been given. But that, those are one-time funds that are not here for the duration of this budget. By the time we get to 2025, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have to address it before we get there. But that's when we're really going to have to start to make some harder decisions about our revenues and our expenditures. Um, right. We're not going to have a lot of those other available funds to fund some of these projects, such as the capital stabilization fund that we've been trying to do. Right. And I'll just toss out there that. It's part of why this free cash thing is in there on the policy about the fact that we don't use it for operating, because if you think about it, if you pull out of free cash to pay for something that's a recurring mm -hmm. operating item, it's like doing an override without doing the override, because how are you going to fund it again the next year? And mm -hmm. so that's why, like, when we talk about the free cash, because I think that, I mean, when we ended it last year, we had said we were okay with pulling some extra because we knew we were going to have extra free cash. So I think we can probably just assume that when Christine and Nick come back and they tell us what the free cash number is, I'm going to guess it's higher than it was the year before. I don't think it went down. It's probably going to be up. So like people are probably going to request that we use free cash for operating. And I think we just have to be steadfast on that's a no, because if we're going to, if we have extra free cash, we should be doing stuff like paying in OPEB and putting more money into stabilization and, you know, buying a new truck because the other one burned and we need to be able to plow like like there are going to be specific like one-time things like whether that's transfers to other reserves or be doing an item that is not going to reoccur like yeah. I think those are the kinds of things we're talking about for free cash and I think we've been trying and I think we've been very successful I think last year we were less than the less than 239,000 uh, in our use of free cash to balance the budget Whereas four years prior to that, we were closer to 1.9. Um, it was million. always over a million for the first several years that I was. And that was just to balance the operating. That that was not what we were using, um, you know, to buy a fire truck here or to do a little yeah. bit of capital here. That was strictly just to balance the budget and not deal with the differential because we were trying to avoid an override. Um, but that has not done us any favors. One in terms of our long in terms of our long term planning. Um, it depleted our reserves. We weren't able to, um, you know, enter the pandemic where I think we wanted to be. Um, and then I, I think it's, we, we can't give in to, yes, we have the money in free cash, but we need to use it because it's there. We're going to end up in that same cycle and not address what we need to address, which I think is actually just, I'm just repeating everything that all of you have said tonight, um, but just reiterating that that's really where we want to be. Yeah, 100% agree, 100% agree. And, and just so I could, just a last statement I'll make is, is that, uh, you know, for the benefit of the of the folks who are new here, <laughs> that, you know, throwing out a lot of problems and a lot of issues and a lot of new concepts, but I will, I will tell you, um, you know, the quality of the information that, that Nick and Christine provide um, in the, uh, you know, just in terms of the analysis that they provide, the transparency, um, and the uh, and again the flexibility of working with numbers. You know, 
kind of real time with Nick. He'll make he'll make a, he'll make adjustments and input, you know, as on the on real time. So I would say that uh, as you look at it, as you see, you'll see the information that comes from Nick and, and Christine is uh, is really terrific, and and uh, and and they're always open to uh, to working with us. So I don't want people to think that we're we're, we're looking around underneath rocks and everything. We don't have to, we don't have to do that. The information that's provided is my experience has been terrific and continues to get better. So thank you for that. And, and now I'll have coffee tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and Mather, uh, uh, I know you're new. The first time I heard the word free cash, I got confused. It's not free. It's no, not <laughs> I, so what, just because you don't have the, the benefit of having your binders in front of you, one of the things we do when we start to give that information to you is we will put together um, information from the Department of Revenue, which summarizes exactly what free cash is, what they recommend you use free cash for. So you'll have that background and we'll, we'll make sure that you have all of that information. And if you have any questions, um, you know, well, you have our cell phone numbers, you know, six o'clock in the morning, you can't figure out why that's, we're here. <laughs> Let's text us. Cool. All right. Well, that was good. Does anybody else have anything on that? Um, all right. Um, so I see Martha has been sitting out there. So why don't we bring Martha in? Um, so Martha Fessa, for those of you that don't know, used to be on the Warrant Committee. She was chair of the Warrant Committee, um, one of my early years on the Warrant Committee. And Martha is the resident warrant committee um, expert while she was on the committee and while she has been not on the committee about the Medfield State Hospital. So um, Martha is um, Trey Awesome and she is here. And um, I had forwarded you all some information that Martha had put together, but I think I'll probably just turn over the floor to her. This is kind of our, our recap and thoughts on the last town meeting. And if we have other thoughts kind of going forward and Martha had lots of good thoughts. So I'm gonna. All right, so I think everybody got a memo except for Nick and Christine. And I may, I think I talked to Christine about this but I apologize that the, the other two have not seen anything in advance. I um, came away not just from this past town meeting, but from previous town meetings with an unease about people presenting financials that were their own version of the numbers. And I see you guys do amazing work. I haven't been on the committee for so many years. Uh, I know how much you put into it. I know you're nine people with different diverse perspectives and strengths um, with backgrounds and understanding of the town's financials and their challenge challenges. And you operate as our finance committee um, to objectively review financials and maximize the accuracy of project costs and the impacts to um, the town citizens. So the work that you've done is very credible. I guess peer review is a word that we use a lot these days in the COVID world and understanding that when data comes up, it's gotta be peer reviewed or else you're really not sure of the quality or the accuracy of it. And I see you folks as being the peer review for financials, whether they be for the budgets or for special projects, and you do a terrific job. And then when somebody gets up at town meeting um, and presents their own version of the numbers that we're not peer reviewed, we're not objective because 
they were done by a group with a specific angle that they were trying to push. I think it's a disservice um, to the town people because they they should be relying on the people that have spent all the time that you did. Um, and it, it can be confusing. And I think it's a disservice to you for all the time that you spent to do this thing right, to be fair. I, it's not usually universal. We do have and that's that's good. It's not like group think. Um, we have different people putting their perspectives in to come to a balanced and objective view. And I and I so I get very concerned when I see people getting up and getting the same stage. And they shouldn't be getting the same credibility as your group. But for people who don't really understand the process, they just see this version of numbers or that version of numbers, and they might go with the ones they like. Um, so I talked to um, Scott and said, is there something that we can do about this, I, I, you know, to eliminate this disservice? And he said, I don't think it needs to be a charter review item or anything like that. I think we could probably put together a policy and um, present it at town meeting and just explain this is the way we do things. Um, but so he was looking for a a proposal for a policy. And clearly you folks are the people who would need to be very much a part of that, but I'd be more than happy to help out in any way that I can, just because I got a lot of years on the Warren Committee in my back pocket. So um, again, I put in the memo, I, I started to research, you know, what can we benchmark against other towns? How do they deal with this? I can't imagine that we're unique in this. Um, and that's when I went on to, Jeremy, what's the organization that you're part of? Um, what is it called? The, um, yeah, the Association of Town Finance Committees. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, so I, I just wanted to talk to this group, find out if anybody else shared the concern or had an interest in um, working towards a, a policy or a, a policy that could be presented and, and reviewed. A town administration would have to review it. I'm sure um, the selectmen would have to review it and certainly Scott. Um, but um, again, is, is this something, Jeremy, that you've seen addressed at that kind of level, the state level? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily in, in that finance committee guide, Yeah. Um, but I'm, I can certainly reach out to other board members um, that have, you know, a lot of experience um, and how, um, you know, their towns run their town meetings and, and I can, pose the questions, see how, see the, how, how they go about it. Um, yeah, and, and, and um, I first brought it up relative to town meeting, but then later, not later, but then remembered that there was also meetings held at um, say the senior center and financials were presented there as well that weren't, weren't vetted. And so in my perspective, I, I think it would be maybe appropriate, but I'm not sure if it's possible to extend this to any public meeting that is sponsored by the town or on town property, that numbers are, are, are peer reviewed by the finance committee um, or, or not presented or presented with a caveat or something. You know, I don't know what the right answer is, but um, so again, I just wanted to present my, for one, my appreciation for all that you guys have done, um, especially I know the, the, the work that you put in last spring, you did an amazing job. Um, and I'd like to see that recognized and not um, dissipated by, by numbers that are not peer reviewed. And in any way that I can help, I would, I'd be happy to be involved, but 
I guess I'm going to lay it out there and say, are others also interested in doing something like this? Does anybody want me to help? What, what would be the appropriate way to move forward if moving forward is the right thing? Thoughts? I, I just, one thing for context, I, there, there is differences in the way that a representative town meeting can function yeah. um, and a open town meeting and the way that some, some communities have, you know, they plan on having multiple night, nights of town meeting. Yeah. So I know in the experience I have in Natick, that if somebody does present some sort of financial information, it, it's put out that, that item's put on hold and it's then brought back to their finance committee for vetting and then brought back to town meeting at a later night. Um, we don't have that luxury, nor do we want to have that luxury necessarily uh, in the town meeting for Medfield when we can get most of the business done in one evening. So, you know, that is, you know, when things come up real time live at a town meeting, um, it, it can be can be difficult to have the time to vet those numbers unless there's they're presented in advance, which I guess that's part of what you know in your, your memo, maybe there needs to be a, a deadline that those are submitted in advance of town meeting for, for proper vetting and, and review. Um, this past fall, boy, we, we got a lot of numbers. <laughs> we reviewed a lot of numbers. Right. Um, and I think you did a great job trying to take in perspective of different, different angles and review the numbers and, and again, be objective. And, um, and I found it disappointing that with all that effort that that I saw that was made to to objectively take in lots of different perspectives, there still were some you know last minute numbers thrown out there. Uh, yeah, I, so obviously uh, Natick is dealing with it, and they have a capacity that we don't in our current setup. But there's got that that's good. So there's there's got to be other towns who just have one day town meetings that maybe have an approach. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I know other board members are in similar communities like Bolton and, and others that, that you know, have uh, an open town meeting and they try to have their business conducted in one evening. So I'm sure this is not unique. Um, and I'm happy to do a little poll of the board members to see if there's anything out there that we might be able to use as a sample. I think that would be a good start. Other thoughts? I mean, again, I, all right, so I'm just making the assumption that you guys would be interested in moving forward on this. Is that the case just by nods of heads or fingers or? Well, I, this is, let me, you know, one of the things that, and Martha, I appreciate your, your, your work on and, you know, your comments and that um, when we had a meeting with the, uh, uh, you know, one of our 14 meetings of open sessions and Scott was, a participant at that and he talked about having an open forum um and it was in the context of the the petition for the ashland model and the like but it opened up a a broad discussion of conducting uh, a town meeting and and scott at that time i haven't talked to him about this since but he talked about planning to have a uh an open forum for discussion of um the conduct of a town meeting in Medfield um, in 2022, you know, in, in a more modern environment, uh, you know, and it's a lot of host of issues. And I don't know where that stands right now. Christine, I don't know if there's anything, any discussion on that, but that was one of the things that Scott had, had said at that meeting to folks. And uh, I, I think this is one of the issues 
but I think it's a broader issue of how do we conduct town meetings in the in the modern in the 2022 era, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I think this is one of the one of the points that you know, given it, you know, what, what I don't know what a quick solution is, but yeah, having some vetting of information, you know, with the realization that you know. Most of most of the minds are made up when they come to the town meeting, so um, that's another piece of it. You know, but but I, I again, I I think I think it would be important to have an open discussion for the town on the conduct of the town meeting, and this would be one of the items. That's my my input. I, I talked to Scott similarly, and he did mention there were several different things. Look at me. There was people who were proponents of letting people vote from home. And there's like a lot, a big broad scope. But some of those items would clearly require charter changes. Is, am, I, am I right on this, Christine? Uh, well, some of those even with charter changes are not allowed. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so, you know, yeah. so we, we're, we're bound by, by the confines of not only our own charter, but what's allowed under the law. Correct. So, so there's... Um, while I agree that there's probably a broad spectrum of things that maybe should be looked at, um, I get concerned that if we lump too many things into the same bucket, um, right. it might be five years before we get any resolution. And he didn't think that this kind of issue was going to be something that needed to be handled by a charter, but simply a policy might do it. So while I don't want to um, belittle the other issues, I also get concerned about um, bundling too much into one place and not being able to move forward. That's and, and I think, I guess, just for clarification purposes, like, I, and I mean, the moderator runs town meeting, right, Christine? So like when we talk about a policy, it's like recommending a policy that Scott would then choose to use or not use. Exactly. Is that it would not, the, the Warren Committee doesn't control the, the, conduct, uh, the conduct at town meeting. So if so Scott it's kind of like a recommendation. You would be making more of like a recommendation that he could choose yeah. to make a policy of his own, but we're not saying you have to do yeah. this or you're. Right. And it wouldn't be your policy. It would just be a recommendation. It would be a recommendation for a policy that he would implement. Correct. That is what, right. he, yeah. Yeah. That's what he suggested. But I mean, I, 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 go ahead. I just, I just wanted to be, make it clear that, that we're not, you're not looking to limit people speaking at town meeting, you're not limit. So I think that just to make that clarification. Yeah, and, and, and again, those of you that didn't see the, my, my comments to him as well, where I don't want to um, in any way take away from the rights of the individuals that are not on boards. They have good ideas, but just you know to make sure that any financials that go up were peer reviewed objectively and they don't confuse the town meeting members because certainly new and different ideas can come in mm -hmm. from the outside. Um, but financials, that's a little tricky because they can be misleading if they don't get peer reviewed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, uh, I would certainly agree, you know, with, with, the, with Martha's proposal here. And I would say, um, I think that, you know, um, at a minimum, uh, it, well, I mean, sort of, I guess the, the best thing would be that that they have to, that before they get presented that there's an opportunity by this committee to peer yeah. review them. But if that can't occur at a minimum, uh, like Scott collected presentations two, three days before the town meeting, he had a deadline for submitting the presentations. He could have shared that with the town. He could have put them up on a website, somebody, 
we, we all could have we all could have seen ahead of the town meeting what was going to get presented, um, and and people could see our presentation. So you know, all, all yeah, yeah, that would have given a better opportunity for peer review. But I'm I'm not sure that that um, would have eliminated confusion about right right numbers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. The I mean, the, the yeah, the, I mean, the confusion, you know. It's difficult to to do that analysis in the moment, you know, when someone puts up a, yeah. a slide that uses a, a per square foot number from 2020, um, and there's been eight percent inflation uh, between the PSR numbers and the and the final schematic design numbers, um, and they don't disclose that or try to adjust for that. That's that's causing unnecessary confusion. So. And again, and, and it may have all it, it done in all the best intentions, and but at the same time, I think perhaps another way to look at it would be is if people didn't agree with the numbers that that were peer reviewed by the Warren Committee, they would specifically say what they didn't agree with, where there was an error from their perspective, and point to that. So you weren't redoing everything. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's probably several ways to skin the cat, and I'm, I don't know. What's going to be correct? I just yeah, I, I totally get your point, Martha, and I and I do really like the point because I guess for me, like sitting where we were sitting, you know, Scott had said, you know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to speak after everybody speaks. If you see something that you want to correct or you have an issue or you want to clarify, whatever that may be, and you know, when he had kind of said that in advance I'm like I'm like that's great I, I welcome that opportunity but then when you're sitting there in the moment when somebody gives a presentation and you're like oh my gosh I need like a half an hour to like look this up and whatnot like you don't have that time so the best we could do is say we haven't seen this before but here's you know one thing that we had had seen but like you don't really have the opportunity to prepare for that so I think that we have to walk a line of freedom of speech that people are going to say what they want to say. Now, if they want to, um, I guess I would go at it as a, if someone's going to give a presentation and there is a deadline for those presentations, that if we're going to be given a chance on the floor to be able to say something about that, whether we agree with it or disagree with it, we should have the privy of seeing the presentation before that moment. And um, then we get to at least see the presentation. And then if we're going to meet, like, let's just say Scott has to get them three days before town meeting, whatever that may be. Like, if we know that there's presentations coming, we could schedule a meeting the day of meeting of us the day before to be able to talk about it, to figure out what it is we want to say, rather than us passing a note down the thing being like, which thing do you want one of us to say like that? It became really hard to do that because you, you want to be able to go and talk to somebody who might be sitting five chairs down that might be the more of the expert on that but you can't do that in that moment and so being able to at least get a copy of the presentation so that you have an idea of what it is you may want to say I think would be helpful because you, we're not gonna be able to change what people say no, uh, you, know, you know, I don't, yeah, or you could maybe, I, again, I, and I don't, can I, can I just say, I don't want to focus on just the last town meeting, okay, I'm thinking in terms of continuous. Oh, no, it's happened at other town meetings, too. Yeah, yeah like the, the, at the hospital meeting, there was, right, 
getting up. And so it's, um, it's the hospital meeting, the no, ALS meeting, like it happened. Incident and yeah. say, this was why this happened or this did, it, it isn't. I'm just saying that it, there seemed to be a place for improvement in the way people were. So we don't confuse people and, and we make sure that peer review embedded numbers are the ones that people are taking into account when they're, when they're mm -hmm. making the decision, that's all. Um, can we, can we keep the scope to the town meeting? Because I just don't know how we cover the rest of everything else. Um, I, yeah, I can't imagine how you cover everything else either. Yeah, honestly, honestly, it goes, well, this, for example, at the um, senior center, I think there were two, two different groups that made presentations. I wouldn't be surprised if there was financials at both. I know that there was financials at one. And I'm just saying on town property uh, at a town vetted thing, hey, but people are going to talk on Facebook and they're going to say whatever they want and nobody's going to have any right or privilege yeah, to. Those town properties, though, that's meeting space, right, for the public. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's tough to say you can't. I think, I think the one that she's ahead of time. I agree, Jill. I mean, I think yeah. I, I, I agree, Martha, with the need for this. Um, because if you look at the amount of time that we spend just to understand numbers and to get context, to have somebody present in two minutes, um, it, it, you're right. It, there's, there's just, there's way more that needs to be vetted. Um, I would hope that some of this comes to the warrant committee, in fact, before that, because I think we gave a lot of folks an opportunity to come in and speak and present, right? So I think in an ideal world, it would that this would be a good forum, right? To kind of do some assessment yep. and analysis. But I agree. Um, I also agree with Jill that I I don't want to be so far that I don't want to be viewed as controlling the message, right? Um, and so I think I think that's a nuance. So so benchmarking, like looking at what other towns do, yeah. to make sure that accurate information is coming out. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe Jeremy, do you want to reach out, or do you want to put me in touch with people? I mean, it, are you guys are about to head into the you know I don't know what the right way. To I say we leverage Martha. Yeah. But you know, Jeremy, you've but, got but it, 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 and if there's anybody that wants to like Jeremy, like if you want to like connect Martha or reach out, I mean, I think if people want to, and then maybe once, and then we could talk again before you present it to Scott. Does oh, that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I would. I would help draft something, and then I would have you guys decide if this appropriate from your perspective. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Martha, I, I'm happy to. You know, offline, I can help yeah. set you up with a few contacts to to do some some screening. Um, one of the one of the documents that I know the you know Scott as a moderator uses to run town meeting. Uh, is a document that the, mod the Massachusetts Moderators Association puts together. It's called Town Meeting Time. Um, that document may be, and I think it's referenced in the way that we run the town meeting here in Medfield, that may actually have some, I wonder if that has information or some sort of guidance on how, um, you know, the moderator approaches such things like this. And would, through the Mass Municipal, would we look at that or just ask Scott? I should ask. Scott him. should have a copy. He, uh, yeah, Scott has a copy. He referenced it. it in the past. He, he, he's well-versed on it. Okay. It's yeah. on, available for, 
purchased on the Moderators Association website. It's 20, I just was looking, it's 27 bucks. I don't have a copy myself, but it's uh, called yeah. Town Meeting Time. It's right. like a, the, the Bible for town moderators. Okay. Um, all right, I, I will talk to Scott about that. Jeremy, I'll, I'll connect with you offline. I don't know if anybody else is, if anybody else has an interest in getting involved with this, they could email me directly. And I, you know, um, I will collaborate with whoever has an interest and clearly just bring a, present, a possible present proposal back to you folks and make sure that it's well peer reviewed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Very cool. All Thank right, you. awesome. Thank it. you, Martha. Thank Thanks, you for Martha. everything you guys are doing. Very much needed. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Martha. Okay. Um, so I had scheduling for the spring, which I skipped over. So I think that, you know, in our theory of we were going to go opposite meetings from the selectmen has already been blown out of the water because they've added a meeting when our next meeting was supposed to be. So um, Christine, I think we wanted to have our next meeting on the Wednesday, right? That Wednesday. Correct. Just lost my planner. Yes, Wednesday. There. So it is Wednesday, the what's that, the 26th? Uh, the 26th. Correct. Does that work for people? Instead of the instead of the twenty fifth. Yeah, because the selectmen are meeting the twenty fifth. So, 26th. if you're really interested in lots of Zoom meetings that week, the selectmen would meet on the twenty fifth. We would meet on the twenty sixth, and then I assume that the school budget meeting will be both. Probably, well, it was posted as in person at that high school. I'm assuming it's going to be both or. Yeah, I think, be back. I think they're planning on being back, hopefully hybrid um, by their budget hearing and the selectmen are, are hoping to be hybrid next week as well. Okay. All right. Probably when I they think all go I might hybrid. have a conflict with the 26th, Sharon, but I'll let you know. Okay. Sounds good. Does anybody else have a conflict on, on the 26th? I know it's going to be hard to have like good nights for everybody, but um, and then I guess for the um, new folks, I would say generally what we have done is um, met every other week in January and potentially in February. And then usually after February break in March, we tend to meet weekly because we realize that we have so many things we have to cover that we haven't covered. So then we tend to meet weekly because the other part about this that we haven't really talked much about is the fact that we have to do this fun stuff for every single warrant article in addition to the budget. So I, I don't know, Christine, if you've had an influx of, do we have any, have you gotten any other Warren articles or are gonna be lucky this year and there aren't any? Uh, right now, I, I think uh, we have some standard Warren articles that we have every year, obviously our financial articles. Uh, we do have an article to change the name of the Board of Selectmen. Um, trying to think- We're gonna call them the Queen Bees? <laughs> We're looking for suggestions. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I think there's some rezoning articles. Didn't there's some zoning articles. Um, yeah, so I can I can send you out the draft list that we have to date. I'll send that out tonight. That's fine. Yeah. So really, it's it, that becomes kind of like a volume issue um, because as much as we like it or not, even if they don't have to do with money, that's why we are a warrant committee, and we get to do those. Much to Ed's dismay. Okay. <laughs> um. So I'm anyway, glad we're having all of these conversations today and not in March. See, 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. So unfortunately, Christine's going to bring us a list and it's going to have, you know, 20 odd things on it. And then we're each going to get a few and have to research them. So we'll kind of cross that bridge. But um, also to a timing issue, I mean, I would say that like so town meeting is I guess it's now the first weekend in or first Monday in May. Right. First it's it's May. not April anymore. So. I like to work back from when. Um, Christine has to go to print because I, it, I would like to go to print the end of March. Um, okay. So we're so. just assume we're going to meet every week in March. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, it's better for everybody if we have voted on as much as possible by then. Like I really kind of, I forced us to do the budget before it went to print last year. And if you're going to go to print the end of March, it's really going to be like tight. Yeah, I'll send, I'm still good with that. But I'll look at the calendar. I, I apologize. I didn't look at it for tonight. I will count back um, from the data town meeting and give you your date for your warrant hearing. Um, why don't we okay. set the date for that and then we'll go forward and then we'll go backwards. So um, what was the, what was the send, for warrant submission? Is it January in the January? Uh, sorry, the, warrant, you say? the warrant hearing has to be held 30 days, at least 30 days before town meeting. Um, Okay. Before we go to print, you present in a public hearing and review the budget and the Warren articles. If anybody in the public would like to sway uh, the Warren committee and take public input on those specific items, they can talk to you about their concerns. It's usually a lot less eventful than the one that we did before the last time. <laughs> yes. I think I remember you saying that. And what it's like usually for? incredibly boring. <laughs> I read the warrant and then I say how we voted. There's a recording of it. Like it will put anybody to sleep from last year. <laughs> okay. Did what anybody come? Did anybody come last year? Well, because it was on Zoom. Oh, okay. It was yeah. on Zoom. And so somehow I got voted to read every single one. <laughs> I actually think <laughs> I got through it pretty fast, though. <laughs> I, I have, have to say. It was because usually usually when we do it in person like so if you were the one that was in charge of that article so say it was a zoning thing and christine did it she would read it and then she would say how we voted and then when we did it on zoom somehow i got elected to just read the whole thing and you know pretty much the rest of you could just shut off your videos and fall asleep while i did that for like a half an hour but um in general, like the departments had have to come, right? Or they get in trouble. Correct. Yeah. So we do have an audience because okay. it's part of the department head's job responsibility that they have to come and listen to us. I do get some excuse notes, but. <laughs> yeah. And what about new article submission? Is there a deadline for that? Uh, that is uh, the last meeting. Uh, so the January 25th, uh, the selectman had eliminated. Yeah, okay, so, that's that. Yeah. Okay. So, so at least when we meet on the 26th, yeah. we should know volume size. We'll know the list. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not to say they won't reopen it if there's something that comes in that was unanticipated. Um, sure. That's happened before. But we we would like to get it done by the, have them by the end of January so that you have sufficient time to review them. Um, Last year, I think we let them come in through mid-February, and that was just too late to give everybody a chance um, to review. So we'll have yeah, it was, a, it was yeah. Do, do you anticipate that there will be any any action regarding the, the state hospital at the spring town meeting? No, uh, I think the selectmen have been very clear that they would not take the state hospital up at the annual town meeting. It deserves its okay. own 
special meeting. So um, oh. I, I don't I I don't have a date for that yet. Thanks. But I, I think July. I think we can comfortably say we're going to get through this budget process with probably not having to do both at the same time. Let's hope for that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, okay, so I'll send I'll just send a doodle poll around for February, March, just to kind of get an idea. I know that people have different standing meetings and conflicts. So um, if we need to, we can bounce around between a couple of different days just so that if you have to miss one, you have to miss one. Let's not worry too much about that because these are recorded. You can always catch up. Um, and so I'm not going to necessarily try to go for 100% attendance. I would like, I would love it. If we, if we have days that I can get 100% attendance, I'm going to take them. Um, otherwise, we'll just do what we can uh, do because it is kind of like it's a short push because if we're going to try to get all the articles and the budgets done by the end of March. I think you can probably, we may end up doing, I guess I would just assume we're going to do at least two meetings in February, maybe three. We will, we will skip, we will skip vacation week. Um, and then I think I just assume we're going to meet every week in March and then maybe a couple in April. Like it really will depend on what we have left. And um, we had, we had at a time, like we would just, do them just to get like a 10 minute, five, 10 minute update from Christina Nick as to what was going on or if anything was changing. So we may do that leading up to town and you just have a couple of short ones. Um, so that's that. Does anybody have anything else? It's 14 minutes before I turn into a pumpkin. Okay. Well, Mather, I hope we didn't scare you away. Absolutely not. No, it's very interesting. So Okay. You're going to learn more about this town than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> but I actually find it interesting. That's what keeps me coming back, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, plus all these people are cool to hang out with. So it's all good. All righty. OK, well, then um, Bob likes to make his favorite motion of the evening. Motion like to adjourn. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, okay. So Steve. Can I steal? Yes. I'm gonna steal that yes. one. I'm gonna steal that one. Okay. I go to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christine. Yes. Bob. Yes. Ed. Yes. Jeremy. Yes. Mather. Yes. Jill. Yes. Amanda. Yes. And I vote yes. And it's very nice to see you all. He will. See you in two Wednesdays. Good to see everybody. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao.